Hello, baseball fans, and welcome to Sully Baseball Daily, the podcast. We talk about baseball 365 days a year, unless it's a leap year. Then we're going to do another one. I've been doing this every single day since October 24th, 2012. And the day I'm posting this will be the fifth day of October 2016. And I'm your host, Paul Francis Sullivan. Please call me Sully. I'm recording this outside on a beautiful, perfect day in Palo Alto, California, the birthplace of Oakland A's manager Bob Melvin and world champion Detroit Tigers pitcher Dan Petrie. Hey, folks, postseason's begun. By the time you're listening to this, you will have known the results of both the National League and the American League wildcard games pending a rainout. Now, <clears throat> what I'm going to do today is we're in the postseason, as I said. I'm going to start posting my podcast. Uh, usually we'll start posting them in the evening after the games have played. Uh, so I can do these sort of podcasts where I do before and afters. And also so your pal Sally can get a little more sleep. Now, this is the first before and after I'm doing for this postseason. It is, I'm recording this on the 4th of October, my wedding anniversary, and this is also the day, not that it's, this is more important than my wedding anniversary, but the uh, Baltimore Orioles are going to be playing the Toronto Blue Jays for the American League Wild Card. Now, I picked the Toronto Blue Jays to win this game uh, because, well, it's a coin flip. The Wild Card is always a coin flip, and you know, you could have a great pitcher dominate like Bumgarner, like Jake Arrieta, or you could have it just be an absolute free-for-all like what happened with Kansas City and Oakland a few years ago. Uh, you had Francisco Liriano against Johnny Cueto in 2013, and it really wasn't much of a contest. The, you know, Cueto got bombed by the Pirates. So, you know, it's, uh, anything can happen in one game. But that being said, the fact that the Blue Jays are not starting Francisco Liriano, and they are starting Stroman, Marcus Stroman, I find to be, I don't know, a little strange. Stroman is a, you know, he had a, I mean, he was okay this year, but he, the the Orioles seem to be a lot more susceptible to a good, solid left-handed pitcher. Now, Liriano's had an absolutely surreal, bizarre, bonkers career, and it's difficult to tell what Liriano they're going to get, but I would rather throw Liriano than Strowman. Now, that being said, I think that it's going to be... I think there'll be a lot of offense, and if it becomes an offensive battle, then I think that it will be in the Blue Jays' favor and not the Baltimore Orioles. But one of the purposes of doing these before and after podcasts is I, I can make my call. I could say, hey, I have an issue with this. And so it's not a situation of second-guessing or you know, being you know, a Monday morning quarterback, but it's like this is what I really felt going into it. Um, I am not thrilled with their choice of pitcher, yet I think they're going to win. Is that hedging my bets? You're damn right it is. Because that way when the Blue Jays win, I can say, hey, I picked them. Or if Strowman gets rocked by Baltimore, I said, man, I told him not to start him. But I have a feeling you're going to see a high-scoring game today. So I think that with this matchup, I'm going to make my prediction it'll be 8-7 Toronto and a lot of crazy fans going on in the I'm in the Sky Dome, Rogers, and whatever the hell it's called. And we're going to have a rematch of last year's memorable 
Texas-Toronto series. So, anyway, I'm going to shut it down right now. Next time you hear from me, the game will have been played, and I'll give some of my thoughts. Well, that was an interesting game, wasn't it? Now, the American League wildcard game is now over, and there's really only one question. I, I, don't, I can't even fathom it. This is not a second guess. This is not a third guess. This is while it was happening. How could anyone not bring in your best reliever with a season on the line? I mean, this is the tyranny of the save has been completely illustrated by one of the great managerial blunders in the history of baseball by Buck Showalter. You know, the whole notion of you can't bring in your closer in a tie game on the road might make sense in June or July. It might. I'm not saying it necessarily does, but it could. You could make that argument. When the season is on the line and you have your best pitcher reading Bazooka Joe comics in the bullpen on not participating in the game, then by definition, you have failed as a manager. If the season is on the line, every time the ball leaves the pitcher's hand, you have to stop managing like it's June. It's a different scenario. You do manage differently then. Do you know why? Because the season's on the line. Terry Francona brought in Keith Folk in the seventh inning of a potential elimination game because he knew the season was on the line. He did the same thing with Jonathan Papelbon in a potential elimination game. The season was on the line. This is not like, okay, well, you don't, you want to have your, your clothes ready for that situation. No, there is no situation. There's, are we going to survive? This was the same problem I had a few years ago when the St. Louis Cardinals brought in Michael Waka with the season on the line when he hadn't pitched in a few weeks. And there were other relievers who were, you know, better than him at that point. And the same problem I had, well, this is a slightly different situation than when the Braves would not bring in Craig Kimbrell in the eighth inning for a four-out save against the Dodgers because, well, he comes in the ninth. The season's on the line. Every time the ball left the pitcher's hand from the ninth inning on could have been the last pitch of the year. Now, Showalter got away with it because for a little while, because Darren O'Day pitched very, very well. For a while, it looked like he was pulling a high wire act and getting away with it. And when you take a look at the fact that with the season on the line, Brack came out, O'Day came out, O'Day was wonderful, okay? And then he brought a Dunzing, and he struck out the lone batter he faced, and then he brought in Jimenez, who didn't retire a batter, let up three hits, and the last one was the Encarnacion home run. I, I'll never, 
I'll never understand how managers, even smart managers like Showalter, could fall so victim to the tyranny of the save. If you're new to the River Sully, the tyranny of the save is the mentality that you can only use your closer in a situation where it's a save situation and no other, no other parts. And so therefore you manage not by bringing your best pitcher for the best situations, but saying, oh, they can only come in when there's three outs to go. No. No. When everything is on the line, you use your best players. I, I don't understand why that's a hard concept. Britain is, I don't know if he's going to get the Cy Young Award. I don't know if I would vote for him for the Cy Young Award. But he's going to get Cy Young Award votes. He had an ERA under .6. He had the best season of any relief pitcher in baseball. Buck Showalter had the best relief pitcher in baseball for this year in terms of their performance of this year and did not use it in an extra inning game where the, the season was on the line. That is a fireable offense. Now the Blue Jays are going to move on and play Texas. And, you know, it was, I, was, I was rooting for Baltimore, especially if that knucklehead threw the ball at the left fielder's head, uh, Kim's head, and, and, you know, the Orioles' left fielder. I was like, all right, you know, I'm not rooting for Toronto. I don't want that guy happy. I'm sure there are bad people in Baltimore, too. There are bad people in every stadium. But Showalter blew that game. If Britain came out and let up a home run to Encarnacion, you tip your proverbial cap and say their best beat our best. But when everything, everything is riding on every pitch, you say, oh, man, our season could be over with every pitch. Better use my fifth best option. Better leave the best pitcher in for this situation sitting in the bullpen unused. How does that make sense? And we were typing that. You check your Twitters. We were all typing that as was going on. Sully, do you think you know more than Buck Showalter? On this particular situation, yes. Yes. He had the best relief pitcher in baseball. And according to Showalter, he was not hurt. So you use him. This was, you know, and it's different when it's, you're on the road. If your man has let up a home run and there are Camden Yards, they could come back. He left a home run. That's it. The season's over. Britain is well-rested for spring training. This wonderful year he had when he lists his postseason stats for 2016, did not play. You go down the depth chart. Everything is riding on every pitch. Yeah, time to bring in Britain. He got away with it. He got away with it for a couple innings using O'Day. Fine. He got lucky. O'Day, a fine reliever, but not the best one. But he managed to get through a couple of do or die in the ninth and the tenth. Now you're in the eleventh. 
The best reliever is sitting there. Showalter's going to be fired. And it's good news for the Orioles. Do you know why? Because whenever Showalter gets fired, the team goes on to either win the World Series or go on to the World Series. Like they did with the Yankees. Fired them. Won the World Series the next year. Diamondbacks fired them. Won the World Series the next year. Rangers fired them. A couple years later, they made it to the World Series and nearly won it. So guess what, Orioles? The Showalter curse... Or reverse curse, I guess, will continue. He will be. He has to be let go. He cost him the playoffs. I mean, I sound cruel, but he did. I like Buck Showalter, but this is bananas. Totally bananas. Well, there you go. Uh, next uh, National League wild card is coming up. Giants, Mets. I have no feel for it. It's all going to be based on the pitching. Syndergaard. If Syndergaard's on and Bumgarner is on, then it's going to be a battle of the bullpens, of which I would lean more towards the Mets. But I still think it may come down to Boach versus Terry Collins, of which I lean to Boach every single time. I don't know. I think the Giants got off to a really... Great start, got a bad second half, but I think they're going to hit. I think they're going to wind up winning the game 3-1. to one. All right, next time you hear me, we'll know the end of the National League wildcard game, and maybe Buck Showalter will already be fired. All right, the wildcard round is over. We now know what the matchups are going to be. We know the Giants are going to be playing the Cubs, and, and look, at, I know I'm a little Giants uh bias in a way because they're my National League team, but man, you, you can't, if you're a Cub fan, you must hate the idea of having to face Cueto and Bumgarner in a short series. I'm I'm not saying I think the Cubs are going to lose the series, I think the Cubs are going to win, but I think the Giants are the worst team for them to draw for a team to only win three games uh, in order to move on. Uh, Mass and Bumgarner, I mean, what can you say? Think about this for a second. He has three times in his life pitched in a do-or-die game. And in each game, he was not relieved. Complete game shot against Pittsburgh in the uh, wildcard game in 2014. Last five innings of Game 7 of the World Series in 2014. And the uh, the complete game shutout here in the wildcard game in 2016. Now, I got to tell you something. I got to tell you something about the fact that your pal Sully lived in an alternate time zone. I was in a fold in the time-space continuum tonight. I, I watched this game at my, my parents' place, and I was listening to the game driving back from my job. And I was at the sixth inning. It was sixth inning, no score. And when I came to the house to have dinner with my parents and watch the Giants game with my father and mother. They were only on the fourth inning. They were only in the fourth inning. And I said, wait, why don't we watch it live? I said, no, 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 we're, they're a little bit behind. But don't worry, they've put a lot of extra time on the tape and everything. I'm thinking, this can only end badly. This can only end badly when you're not watching. Just, just watch it live. I should have held on, but I should, I should have said, no, we're just going to watch it live. 
Just watch it live. I'll tell you, up to this point, it's a sixth inning, no score. But now I was like, oh, no, they want to watch the game like this. Okay. And then we ultimately got to the sixth inning and said, okay, I don't know what happens after this. Uh, Curtis Granderson makes that incredible catch in straightaway center field. Syndergaard is pitching inc- like unbelievably well. And, of course, they lift him, but um, they wiggle out. The strike zone's a little bit all over the place. And we're getting close to the end of that line where the recording is. And so I'm like, oh, please, please. Why don't we just watch it live? Why don't we just watch it live? Why don't we just watch it live? And the recording goes off when there's two on and nobody out in the top of the ninth inning. So I've watched nothing but no scoring. And when there's two on and nobody out in the ninth inning, stonk, recording, over. That's it. You're done watching. And I look over at my, my parents. My parents look over at me. and go, what do we do? And I said, well, we've been hooked on this incredibly exciting game. And now, um, do you want to know how it ends? And I looked over to my phone and I saw that the Giants had taken a 3 nothing lead. Now, this is what I mean by the time-space continuum and a wrinkle in time that I was in. Everyone in the world watching the game was watching it ahead of us. We were living in the past, and that when we finally caught up with the present, there was a wrinkle in that time. There was a fold in that time of which we missed, and only a fraction out of eight and a, eight and a half innings, there was one fraction, one part of half an inning that I didn't get to experience. And that was the point where Gillespie hit the home run. So I saw everything in this game except all the scoring. Because I existed in a different plane of reality. But the plain reality is this. If you hate the whole even number year for the Giants, um, sorry. Here we go. Here we go. The uh, Giants move on. They're going to throw Cueto. They're probably going to throw Samarzda. They'll throw more or Bumgarner. Then they'll throw Bumgarner or more in game four. Um, I, I think the Cubs are going to win. But you know what? This is, this is, not, an e- this is not a gimme. If the Mets had moved on, um, I, I, I think the Cubs would have annihilated them. But they didn't. And by the way, uh, Syndergaard was incredible. I don't think I'm spoiling anything. He got half a woo for his great performance. Um, and I'm giving Curtis Granderson half a woo, not because of his offense, but for that amazing catch in straightaway center field. Obviously, Connor Gillespie gets the full woo, who owns October for the home run. And you, gee, you think Bumgarner deserved it? But here's a difference between the two games that we covered on this podcast. In Baltimore, they lost, and their best pitcher didn't get to play. In New York, the Giants won, and they rode their best pitcher to the end. Look it. Buck Showalter has probably forgotten more baseball than I know, but that doesn't excuse him. He messed up. And just like every year in the history of the earth, Buck Showalter 
will not be participating in the World Series as a manager. And Bruce Bochy, well, I'm not saying he's going to win the pennant, but he's still alive, and he's got a pretty good weapon named Madison Bumgarner. So, this is the conclusion of the Sully Baseball Daily Podcast for October 5th, 2016, where I talk about the wild card games. This is a bit of a marathon. Uh, I'm going to be covering the beginnings of the ends of the games for the rest of the postseason, and I hope you enjoy it. Go to SullyBaseball.com, like me on Facebook, subscribe on iTunes, SoundCloud, YouTube, Twitter, Stitcher, Instagram, I'm everywhere. The music is by Ted Thacker and Patrick Kaliski. This has been the Sully Baseball Daily Podcast, and I'm your host, Paul Francis Sullivan. I think I'm going to use my best pitcher. And you can call me Sully.